Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jose Anopoulos, and welcome again out to adult. I'll be uh, moderating today's conversation around uh, men and body image. Um, and I say men because we're actually, most of us are, or most most of us here are queer folks, so we actually do have a, a hetero perspective today, which we're really excited to hear from them. It's the gayest part of your day. Sit back and grab a shot Um, So we'll go ahead uh, around the room and have everyone introduce themselves. Um, if you can give me your name, age, and just out of curiosity, how would you describe your body? <laughs> and ter- either, either there's some terminology that we have in the queer community, either like twink, otter, or so forth. Mark, you might not know this, but again, just give us your whatever description you feel comfortable. Um, and we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead first with the queer folks, then we'll leave the hetero norm- the hetero person at the end. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> am I first? Yeah. Okay, great. My name is Brian Young. I am 33 years old. I don't necessarily like to use the gay quote unquote labels as far as body type is concerned. Um, I'm tall. I would. I people consider me thin. Um, I like to think of myself as in decent shape. Yeah, I think that's it. So, so in other words, the, the quote unquote t- twink. I want to stay away from that word. I'm sorry, but <laughs> as a descriptor for myself, yeah, as a descriptor, yeah. Um, I'm I'm Dan Dutra. I'm 44, and I would uh, say that I'm the older daddy bearish type. I'm Jacques Ray Palmer. I'm 37 years old, and I, I guess I would consider myself more of like the cub bearish type and again in the last least surely surely not least but not least the last, last but not least <laughs> thank you um we want to welcome mark uh mark how would you describe well give us your age and how would you describe your body i'm 27 and right now real out of shape thank you kevin <laughs> <laughs> um but usually pretty lean um right now maybe a little bit of extra weight but I like how he says extra weight to some of us. We're like, what does extra weight look like? Right. But again, that's the important, that's what the conversation here at hand with all of us is that we all have different body types. Um, I also consider myself to be more of like the cub otter body type, which is maybe not as, not as, I guess, perspective of like, not as overweight, but still not skinny, but again, still very uncomfortable in my skin. <laughs> uh, very much so. Um, so an otter is because lesbians don't know it so Kate, by the way katie's here everyone um so katie asked the question of otter i guess otters are shorter i'm looking at brian like he would know so Cute i think of an otter as like a like taller like tall, tall thin tall hairy oh. that's what i think of otter the, i i agree yeah yeah I and i'm and not I think, an of, otter. I think of like a cub and a, and a bear as like large like chubbier like a cub like chubbier and a bear like bigger than that Big can be strong, but not necessarily cut. But you can have a muscle bear. That's true. Yeah. Right. And then there's also, I mean, twink is, I feel like most people know what a twink is. Yeah. I guess I, if you look, at least there's porn categories. <laughs> yeah. Look it up online. Is, <laughs> so the funny thing, at least at this table now, is uh, at least in this round, conver- round table conversation, is that we all have different definitions of mm-hmm. different body types, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yet we still kind of either trying to find the, the funny, the funny part about it was just like trying to see how we, each of us sees ourselves compared to others. Right. Which is, that's a, it's a, it's a way of indicating 
um, our, I guess our, our, our category or our niche of people that we belong to. Right. Um, and that's kind of like the normality in the gay community or in any community is the, the trying to associate yourself to, to a certain group of population to feel like you belong. Right. And sometimes we might not even fit those body types. Right. Like I could go, like, I guess I don't, if I were to go to an otter collective or an otter convention, I, I thought I was an otter, but I guess I'm not tall enough to be an otter. So they'd be like, why are you here? Right. Um, so it happens. Huh? More of a koala. Who knows? I guess I do like to hang on to trees and people. So I guess I am a more of a koala. <laughs> so we all have our different journeys. We all have our sense of comfortability in our skin that we're in today. We all have different actually outlets of working out as well. So maybe we can start talking about like, how do we take care of ourselves on the, on the daily? Um, so let's start with Mark. How do you take care of yourself as a hetero man? Are we talking about lifting or just in general? In general, like how do you take care of yourself? Um, a lot of it centralizes around diet. That's usually the biggest part of it. So waking up and having either usually like eggs or yogurt or something like that, something light, but watching kind of what you eat. And then so you watch while you eat. <laughs> I also do that. <laughs> He doesn't love TV while eating. Um, but then I guess just trying to keep everything clean. No, I've got a beard. And then trying to keep everything straight. And <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah, pun, pun intended. intended. <laughs> and then other than that, trying to get some kind of workout in to clear the head. And as far as self-care, that usually encompasses a lot of it. What about you, Dan? What, how does self-care or taking care of yourself look like on a daily basis? Um. Kind of looks like what Mark does. I definitely watch what I eat. Um, I take vitamins. I stretch daily. And I try to get as much as exercise as I can. I attend the gym and uh, bike ride. I go for hikes. So I try to stay pretty active. Um, and that's pretty much what I do during the day to, to take care of myself. Brian? Uh, I'm going to try and not to be very long-winded with this cuz self self-care is a big a big thing for me. Um so I meditate on a daily basis, which I think is very important. I also like uh, the other two guys that spoke before me, I really pay attention to what I eat. Um maybe to a fault at some point. So I do intermittent fasting. I only eat for 8 hours during the day. I'm vegan at this moment in time and I don't eat sugar or carbs. As I'm shipping, sipping champagne, right? Uh, <laughs> you said eat, drink is right, fine. Drink is fine. Let's see what else. So I, I am a yoga instructor, so I do yoga at least once a day. And then I also go running sometimes. I do Pilates sometimes. I go hiking. I like to stay really active. Um, I also think that reading is really important. It's fundamental, right? <laughs> um, so keeping my brain active, listening to podcasts and things like that as well. All of those things fall under self-care for me. Jacare, what about you? Recently, I've been on a new journey. Uh, just got a, a gym membership or a trial for a gym. Uh, but on a regular, I try to be conscious of my activity. Instead of driving somewhere, you know, I try to think, can I just walk there? Try to be more active. I try to be conscious of my intake of food. I like to eat out a lot, uh, Chipotle specifically, but um, I try to cook more at home, try to be conscious of being more healthy. I've been doing some fruit smoothies, some fruit and yogurt parfaits for breakfast and whatnot. 
um, try to do some healthy lunches, salads, dinners, and whatnot, and limiting my uh, alcohol consumption to just, uh, you know, one or two days a week. Here goes one. Yes, we all have drinks in hand except for Dan. He's a, he's a responsible driver. Um, thank you so much, everyone. Um, I, I mean, I myself am in a journey. I, I have to have hired a trainer to hold me accountable. And one of the questions that he actually asked me, which we talked a little bit about before the, we started recording, is what is your goal? Um, and I was very adamant with both my trainers that I hired is that when they asked me the question, it's like, I don't want to compare myself to anyone but myself yesterday. So um, for you all, in your journey of betterment or in your journey of fitness or whatever it is, how or what do you think will it take you to be comfortable in your skin that you are in? Or and if you are already today, how did you get there? Um, why don't we start with you, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I guess in a, as a senior in high school, I was 250 pounds. And since then, I've been on a journey to kind of better myself. And I think a lot of it had to, to do with coming out because I, I had a habit of eating my feelings from a young age. So I'm very, I'm hyper conscious of my body, how my body looks and where I want my body to be at any given moment. Um, and that's a good thing and also a bad thing because I think I let the, the scales tip in the opposite direction a little bit too much. So... My personal goal is to always improve. It's funny because from an outsider's perspective, people are, you know, you're in such great shape. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, there's this one thing or there's that, you know, I want to be able to perfect my handstand or I want to be able to have like not just a six pack, but an eight pack or, you know, like there's always like a next level that I'm trying to get to. So I, I don't know if, if there, ever, there ever will actually be a day where I'm completely happy with my body where it's at, just to be perfectly honest. But I, I will say in this, at this moment in time, I'm happy with where I've come from and where I've gotten to. And I do like, I do love my body. Like I have a loving relationship with my body. Yeah. I'm going to leave it there. Mark, what, what about you? Um, I actually kind of go along with Brian. I don't really put a whole lot of end goals on anything because I think everything's a project. Once you hit one milestone, you just got to keep going. I think the biggest thing as far as, um, Maybe not even body image, but just it's more of performance to where, all right, I hit this goal. I got six pack or whatever. And then the next step is, all right, maybe I want to pick up some new hobby. How do I have to change how I work out or stuff like that to where I can be able to do what I want to do and do it well? And so, yeah, I don't guess there's really any kind of end goal to that. Yeah, It's more of just supporting the kind of lifestyle that you want to. It sounds for, it yourself. sounds like for you and Brian, it's more about the journey than the destination. Yeah. Right. Um. What about you, Jock Ray? What 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 about you? I know you're in a in a in a journey as much as all of us are. Yeah. You know, and um, listening to uh, what Brian was saying at first, it it made me think that, huh? You know, are, are you ever satisfied at one particular point and saying like, okay, this is perfect? And so I don't think anyone really ever is and you know thinking about that for myself I'm never completely satisfied but um for me I I do have goals like I I want to be able to compete in a a marathon mm -hmm. I want to do 5k's I want to be able to go out and jog 
for a mile or two nonstop, you know, without feeling completely winded after the first 15 seconds into the workout. Um, Girl, me too. And, you know, <laughs> or just walking up and down the stairs. Like I, I, I had mentioned, you know, prior to this podcast starting that I was, I, years ago I went to the gym for like six days a week and I noticed in that time frame a lot of change. For instance, at work, I'd take the two flights up the stairs. By the time I get up to the top, I wasn't winded. And it's those little things um, that change over time, uh, evolution. But I, I definitely want to work on getting myself into a um, physical, healthy uh, standpoint, I guess. What about you, Dan? I'm pretty much at the same spot as uh, uh, Mark and Brian, uh, but I'm a lot older than they are. So it's actually been a, a really long journey to reach that, that I've realized, you know, when I got into my 40s that it's about goals. So um, it's not about me being happy with what I am. It's happy that I've met that goal that I set for myself. Like I was saying earlier, growing up, and then being a teenager, late teens, early 20s, I was still dating uh, females and I really wasn't, I didn't come into the realization that who I was and living the life that I wanted to. And I really didn't care about how I looked. And then uh, when I turned 22, I, I met gay guys and started hanging out with gay guys. And then I realized, <laughs> <laughs> then I realized, uh, oh, um, people don't like fat and hairy guys. Okay. Um, then I need to do something about it. I need to shave my body hair. I need to lose a bunch of weight. I need to stop eating for three weeks. Um, so it was this vicious cycle that I went through for years until, like I, I said, I, in 2008, I uh, attended a, a festival called Lazy Bear. If you're not familiar with Lazy Bear, it's a festival that goes on in Guerneville, California every year. And it's uh, a bunch of muscle bears, 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 people who like bears. Um, and, and then I realized at that point that there's about 5,000 men here who love the way I look and that you can't make everybody happy. Um, not everybody's going to be into you, uh, but there's damn well going to be a lot of people into you. And so that started my new gener uh, journey just to better myself. And, you know, I, I love working out and I, I like muscles, so that's what I want. And um, it's taken a long time to get here, but that's where I'm at now. And I'm glad that these other guys have uh, realized that at a, a younger age, because I would have liked to have realized that in my 20s, for sure. Can't hunt for fish in the desert. <laughs> right? right? Well, I don't know how to fish, period, so that would, that would be, <laughs> be screwed over either way. Um, Never go boating. So Dan touched on a very um, interesting topic that I think collectively all here as men, as Katie, because uh, I want to recognize that Katie's here, is that we are somehow impacted from the outside on how we see ourselves. So what would you say one thing individually has impacted your self-image for you to feel that maybe you haven't been enough in the past? Like what has been something either you saw or you heard someone tell you that made you feel like, damn, like I'm not enough in the skin that I am today. <laughs> and, and I'll start and I'll start. Um, I myself has started my, my queerness started at 16. Um, similar to Dan. I have a lot of body, body hair, body, yaddy, yaddy. Um, probably more recovered in hair than not. And 
I had someone tell me when I was early on dating that they were like, oh, body hair's out. And that was like at 16. So that was like in the early 2000s. And again, things change in history, right? Change in body, like acceptance of, of looks change. And and I remember going into the shower and taking like an hour, change, like shaving from my penis up, shave, like shaving because I was like body hair is not acceptable. If I want to be accepted in this community, I have to seem like I have no hair whatsoever. Um, so what has been maybe like if y'all can pinpoint a time where something your body has been like you've been impacted by a comment or by what someone said? Um, why don't we start off with Mark this time? I was gonna say I actually have one. Mine was maybe not so much. Well, it's a little bit image too. Um, with sports in high school, I played lacrosse, and looking at the people that actually were really good, they'd all like lifted, had a bunch of muscle, and all that other stuff. And I was like, well, I'm gonna suck if I don't go and start lifting and actually get some strength behind me. Also, I'd get knocked out. But and so that kind of that was when I started lifting. Was probably like junior year of high school, somewhere in there. And that at least that started the lifting movement. And then in college, it was either to get girls or just feel good about myself or whatever it was. Yeah. May I may I ask, were was that all on your own, or did you have a little s extra help from a, a roid or two? Had roids? No. <laughs> um, I had a friend who was already lifting, and he gave me some coaching advice. Oh, okay. And you um, just passed on that. I, I'm just curious because I wonder if if that was prevalent. It, during that those times i have met plenty of people that have used um i mean things outside of like whey protein or uh pre-workout or stuff like that i haven't used anything outside of just what you'd buy in a grocery store basically well, i appreciate that thank you um what about you jock ray um i think for me when uh i had first started coming out and you know getting on grinder and looking at guys you know, discovering the the type of guys that I was attracted to were, you know, the tall, muscular, lean, thin, hairless types. And then uh, once in a while, I'd get a comment like, uh, no, you're too hairy or, oh, you're fat. And I've, I've always had an issue with my body hair uh, at, as a young age, at, at a young age, like, I remember shaving myself, you know, every week just because I was like, ugh, I hate the hair. At least you had a week. I'm going to come in two days, so. (laughs) (laughs) But I've actually actually grown into it, and I I got to a point where, you know, it was like people are going to be attracted to you for who you are naturally, and over time I got to see that, um, you know, I – I didn't realize that there were guys that would be attracted to me, you know, for me being um, husky or, you know, hairy or whatnot. But, um, yeah. I know you touched a little bit about this, Dan, but what, what was that moment in your transitioning to coming out that made you feel less comfortable in your skin? Um, well, it was 1997. And I had just turned 21 and I started going to gay clubs and I started getting gay friends. Um, And it wasn't so much of what I experienced from outside of the circle as to what I heard them talk about. So they were always into, of course, it was the late 90s. You know, hair wasn't a thing and beards weren't a thing. Like um, everybody was into 
hairless, beardless. And that social, hearing that constantly uh, made me feel like, like I wanted to be invisible or I, I felt very invisible. Um, and so I, I didn't pursue a lot of times um, guys that I would find attractive because I thought there's no way that he could possibly be into me because of w- how I look. Um, and so, you know, I went through the whole phase of shaving, which <laughs> I look so much better with hair than I do <laughs> not hair. <laughs> right? It's like, what is going on there? Um, but yeah, it, it, for a long time, it, uh, it was just um, hearing the same thing over and over um, from the friends you around, you know, you had around and it, they weren't even, they weren't doing it to be malicious. It was just what was in at that time. Right. Um, and it, it's still in, there's still guys out there who they prefer um, hairless, no, no beards. I mean, that's not a bad look, but you know, again, I've grown up and um, am now more secure in myself and at what I look like. If it's not for everybody, it's not for everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't like chocolate cake, and a lot of people like chocolate cake, so it's basically the same thing, right? Uh, I prefer something against else. chocolate cake. <laughs> Too much? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I prefer carrot. So it's like <laughs> I'm weird on that. Yeah. Vegetable needs to stay on its own lane, not in, not in, not in dessert. <laughs> Sorry, I'm yucking your gum. I apologize, Dan. It's okay. What about you, Brian? I love chocolate cake. <laughs> Thank you. No, but what? No, what was that moment where you were like on un- seventh grade science class? Mrs. Wheeler was my teacher. Um, I mentioned that I was an overweight kid, uh, so in class we were learning about. I think we were learning about the human body or metabolism or something. So she brought me and one of my friends up in front of the class. She put herself in between us. Uh, She pointed to my friend and she said, this is a fast metabolism. She pointed to herself and she said, this is a medium metabolism. And she pointed to me and she said, this is a slow metabolism. And I was embarrassed and crushed at the same time. Just absolutely devastated. (laughs) Because not only, like, I, I didn't know she had planned to do this. And I was so embarrassed. And it was almost like someone was telling me, oh, you're destined to be fat. Like, that's just your life. Like, this is how you're going to be the ent- your entire life. And it was, from that moment on, it was like I had to, it was like, oh, no. no I'll, I'll fucking show you, Mrs. Wheeler, wherever you are. I wish you could see me now. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. We should go toilet paper her house. <laughs> we should go show your naked body to her. Yeah, we saw the toilet paper. Now we finally got it back. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, so what was, what was the first time, wh- which I call is, what was the first time you actually started feeling your oats? Like when was the first time you actually felt, comp- what was maybe a peak or a time where you felt confident in yourself? Um, I know for me, it's, it's, it's been a journey. And I think the more that I recognize and realize that I have more to offer than just my body, that I recognize that I have, a, I'm smart. I have a sense of humor and I think the, the, the more that I rely on, maybe the more that I lean on to those qualities that I know that are stronger than my looks, I feel the most confident. But definitely, I think maybe when we play kickball, I think I feel like the most sexy of free my oats because I'm like, oh, like I actually can keep up. Like I'm actually like active. But so but it's been a time where you felt your oats. So your first time feeling your oats after that, that crushing moment. Um, why don't we start with Dan? Okay. Um, I actually have two. So the first time 
was um, like I, I said earlier, it was in 2008. I attended that the Lazy Bear Festival. And um, I, I said earlier to the guys, I said, I felt like a god because um, so many people were just pining after me. And they were like, oh, look at all that hair. And and I, I really felt like free. Like there was a pool party going on. And I could honestly say that was the first time where I felt comfortable with my shirt off. Um I actually felt so comfortable I got naked, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that really sticks out in my mind is that time where I was at Lazy Bear and I finally felt the acceptance uh, for who I was. Um, and then I didn't feel like I had to change anything about me, um, which was a great feeling. My second time that I've, I know you said first, but no, this is really quick. Cool. The second time was there was this guy at the gym who I befriended and he, he was just like this gorgeous guy. You, he's gorgeous to everybody tall muscles like the perfect hair uh totally gym crush um so i befriended him and we started working out together and i i came to find out that he too has insecurities about his body where i'm like dude your body is like amazing um i wish i rocked that body because i wouldn't have any issues but it just made me realize everybody's got some kind of body issues. Even somebody you look at and you're like, oh, that guy's got the best body ever. I would love to have that. No, he's got some kind of body issues also. And that was the second time that I realized, you know what? I'm always going to have some kind of body issues. Like Brian said earlier, you just have to set those goals and, you know, celebrate the goals that you've hit. And and that's where I'm at right now. So that's good. Yeah. What about you, Jockery? Um I think it was uh, my first uh, threesome that <laughs> I had. Um, how this started was uh, I was at a local bar waiting for a date. The guy ended up uh, standing me up. Oh. And these two guys came over with a mutual friend, and he introduced them to me. And we were talking, and um, after like an hour or two of conversation, you know, my spirits were lifted and they were telling me, you know, how intelligent I was. And, you know, you seem very accomplished for a young man. Uh, come to find out, unbeknownst to me, they ended up getting my number from that mutual friend, got a text message and they're like, hey, come over for some wine. We're just chilling. And so I did. And um, at that time, I was a little heavier um, and they were obviously, you know, making advances toward me. And at first I was uncomfortable because I felt, I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm fat. Like, no, don't touch me. Like I feel gross, but, um, they, they made me feel, um, loved. And at, at that time, that, um, that moment that I had, with them, it, it was amazing. And I absolutely loved myself. I'm sure they loved you too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Brian? The power of a threesome. The power right? of a threesome. <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. Brings people um, together. <laughs> so when I was in college, I had the opportunity to live in um, Hungary, in Europe for a year. And while I was there, I was approached uh, actually on a train and I was given the opportunity to do some modeling work. So I did a good amount of modeling work in, in Hungary, and then I did some runway work in Austria. And 
I think that was the time that I was really feeling myself. Like I was like, oh, these people think I'm pretty and they're taking my picture. And, you know, walking down the runway was like, you know, a crowd of people. It felt amazing and just really, it almost came full circle for me where I, where I was like, I've worked so hard, right, to, to not be the fat kid. And now I feel like I'm really just me and that people are, are, are loving me. And it was really nice. Mark, what about you? I think mine was probably when you were coming to the gym with me and we were training together. Was it all my compliments that I gave you every day (laughs) that we worked out together? Uh, Not this one, no, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it was because I'd been working out so much. I was starting to have people come up to me in the gym and ask if I was a bodybuilder or like what I was competing for, stuff like that. And as far as a body image goes and lifting, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm good right here. And that was when I kind of started coasting and just maintaining. And yeah, mine's kind of short. Yeah, no. Short no I mean, threesomes? No threesomes for you, Mark? <laughs> no nakedness? <laughs> no, no nudity involved. Unfortunately, not yet at least. Not yet. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of life. No, I, I, have to, I, have to, I have to take this time to really thank Mark because he was a, a pivotal piece for my com- building that comfortableness in the gym because I, for the longest time, Felt very uncomfortable. I didn't ever feel like I belonged. And Mark did a really good job about coaching me through it, actually teaching me the right ways of lifting and so forth. So, Mark, thank you um, for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Jacare, I think when I touched a little bit of an interesting conversation, what does it take for you to feel like um, comfortable with maybe having sex with the lights on yeah. if you haven't done so already? I like the lights off still. Because it's just sometimes I don't like looking at myself in the mirror. But what is it that maybe attracts you to someone else sexually that you that you look at? Because I mean, we're we're sexualized. We, we sexualize each other. We're sexualized beings as as men. Um, so what is maybe a quality that we look at that you're like, damn, I have to sleep with them. Me, I'm a sucker for calves. Soccer players all day, every day. You got me. Calves are good. Calves are like, I, they yeah. give me no other rush than yeah. any other body. But calves are for me. What about you, Chakra? What about you? What do you, what do you look at? Okay, well, first, I'm, I'm drawn out by the eyes, then the not, smile. Not, one eye, not the one eye. No. Just the eyes. The eyes. <laughs> no cyclopses. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, but to fast forward, if we were to go, um, you know, sexual the most i i arms and a nice butt like because i i want to be able to like grab someone and just uh, sorry yeah no that's fine arms, arms, arms and arms and ass yeah we all, arms felt, and that. Ass. Yeah, we all felt that we all felt, don't need to apologize yeah. <laughs> the grunt felt around the world <laughs> what about you mark um i think usually the first one will be conversation if I can't hold a conversation with you. Such a, such a Miss Universe answer. World peace <laughs> and conversation. <laughs> no, if the conversation just is dull or dumb, then I immediately get bored and it's not happening. Yeah. And then after that, I guess it gets to looks, but I don't really have a preference on like boobs or ass. So you're, not, you're not either a boob or a, uh, a tit man. I like It's both. the same thing. Oh, oh shit. Tits, tits or ass. No, I like both. I've dated people with or without either. With or without. 
That gives me hope. That gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, if you've got a swinging appendage on your hips, then probably a no. Damn it. Oh, that's only a probably. <laughs> that's a probably. <laughs> what about you, Dan? I would say uh, I, I'm definitely calves. Calves is a good one. I also like traps. <laughs> What's a trap? The, the trapezoid. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Like they, the trap right, queen. Yeah. It, it, and shoulders. <laughs> like shoulders. when they get that round shoulder and that, that really gets me. Um, uh, but I, I, I like a more stocky guy. Um, even though I, w- I want to be more of a muscle guy. So my body image and what I actually like is two different things, yeah. which I don't know if that happens a lot, but it is for me. Um, but that's what, what I like shoulders, traps and calves. <laughs> Brian. So I think for me, the, biggest thing when it comes to sexual attraction is confidence like I love a confident man and it gets me every single time if you're confident with what you have and you're you're bringing it all to the table then I'm there for it as far as like physical body parts I usually like a man that can throw me around a bit so I mean and you know just being honest like someone that like you know out the window maybe if it comes to that you never know he loves the thrill of danger (laughs) I can die at any second but, you know, I, I, since I take such good care of my body, I, re, I expect the same in mm-hmm. a sexual partner in the sense that, um, you know, they take care of themselves, uh, you know, they, they're, they're physically fit, whatever their version of physically fit is, as long as they're confident in their physical fitness, then, then like I said, I'm there for it. Brian touched on an interesting topic, and I think for each of us it might look differently um, and we might either have reached it or not, but what does, what does confidence look like to you? Like, like either seeing it from within yourself or seeing it from other people. So I think there's a fine line between cockiness and confidence. How do you define it within yourself and how do you see it from other people that attracts you to them? So why don't we start with you, Brian, since you brought up that up. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, there's actually something that I've been thinking about a lot myself because I am very confident in myself, but I try hard to stay away from cockiness uh, because I think that cockiness can be really detrimental. Um, So I I think that confidence is a security in yourself, knowing who you are, knowing what you're good at, but not necessarily thinking you're better than anyone else. Um, Because that's when you start to compare yourself to others, when you start to think you're better than, that's where the cockiness gets in and it gets messy and icky and weird. Uh, I, I think that, that, that confidence, like self-confidence of just being aware of who you are, being comfortable in your own skin and really rocking it right in the, in a way that, that no one else can, because you're uniquely you. What does confidence look like to you, Dan? Confidence to me looks like when somebody's comfortable in a situation. So yeah, cockiness don't like it. But if I see somebody, let's say we're out at a party and you're just totally comfortable in that situation, that's confident to me. Or, you know, if you're you're going out for dinner and you're talking to somebody and they're completely comfortable, I like that. I, li- I like when a guy is comfortable in the atmosphere and in the situation. I try to be like that. I try to be comfortable everywhere I'm at just because I, I feel like that's a good confidence. I keep saying comfortable over and over, but that's what I, I like. That's to me, if the guy's comfortable in the situation to me that's showing confidence what about you mark i thought of two so one is the if you actually go and watch videos or read articles about confidence it's the way that people carry their body keeping your shoulders back 
chest out, ass out. <laughs> We're all doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> chest out, head up. You're not slouching, leaning forward or anything like that. And so I'll usually try and watch people and see if they're doing that. And I'll at least tell me either if they're people that are my friends, then go and help them out because they're not feeling comfortable. Or people that I want to talk to and I'll kind of have an idea. But the other one that I like to do is I like to debate. And if you can have a solid debate with somebody and it stay reasonable and rational, then that's a good sign of confidence to me. But if you start getting erratic and you stop listening to, if it's just me and another person, if you stop listening to my opinion and just completely go on your own, then you're not really confident in what you already know. Jockery, what does confidence look like to you? You know, it's interesting you pointing out about posture and whatnot because um, I, <laughs> I've always had an issue with uh, walking since I was a little kid. I would always walk on my toes, stand on my toes when I walk. Were you a bouncer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would run on my toes too. Um, but as an adult, I've, I've been working on like, okay, you know, try to stand up straight. And I'm, and I'm very insecure because I've been told that, you know, I have a large ass and I, I really don't like it. So I try to like, I've been working on my posture to not make it appear bigger or sticking out more, but at the same time, um, yeah, paying attention to the way that I walk. Uh, that was a sidebar to what, how I actually um, originally wanted to answer the question. Okay. But touching on that for a bit, I I feel that I actually lack confidence, but I've been told by a lot of people, they're like, oh, no, you're very confident. And from the way that they describe it, I'm like, oh, I'm just a social butterfly. Like, I can approach anyone. I can have a conversation. Stranger, I'll, I'll chat with chat it up with you. I used to do it for kicks with friends. We'd be at a bar and they say, Oh, that person's cute. And I say, why don't you go over there? Talk to them. They'd be like, no. And I'd be like, okay, I'll go do it for you. You know? And I'd go over and say, Hey, how's it going? You know, my friend thinks that you're cute, blah, blah, blah. My friends weren't too happy with that, but, (laughs) but then sometimes it did lead to, you know, them actually having a conversation with someone else. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a social butterfly. I guess people, people take that as me being confident. Yeah. Um, whereas I, my uh, definition of confidence, I, I don't see it that way. Yeah. But no, I, I get that a lot too. The, my ability to be social people, people transcribe that to being confident. And I'm like, no, I just, I, I recognize the, the importance of being on and being social and also recognizing that that is exhausting for me. Like I can only do it for so long and then I'm just like, okay, I need to go back to my room and be a, be a hermit crab. Right. (laughs) Um, but again, people, different perceptions, right. That we all confidence looks very differently for different people. Right. Um, my question to you, I mean, one thing I'm wondering is as men, um, what is something that you would want to get rid of in our, um, in our realm of menism or masculinity, that you think would help us all be more comfortable in our skin in in the societal context. My example or my first thought that I have that I, something that I would want to remove is actually like dating apps. 
because I feel that we spend a lot of time sexualizing ourselves. And it might be different for you, Mark. I'm not sure if you sexualize yourself on Tinder. Um, well, guys are guys regardless. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I think, I think that the notion of like needing to connect our connect with someone sexually, I think really impacts our ability to recognize all the things, all the other things that we have to offer. So that'd be the one thing that I would remove. That's a, that's a long wishful thinking. Cause I think that's never going to happen. Who knows? Maybe one day, but what would be one, what would be one other thing that you would want to remove from the, the society of men so that we're able to be more comfortable? Um, when are we, st- do you, do you get it? Or do you need more context? Let's start with, okay, go ahead, Brian, go for it. No, go, no, you got one. Well, Dan actually kind of touched on this earlier, but I I think it's important to talk about, and that's the male voice. Like, I get so... I have a gay-ass voice. I do. Or I think of myself as having a gay voice. And I... There was a time that I was super embarrassed in my voice. And I actually think that, like, being a yoga instructor has kind of pushed me through that because I... I, For a living, I get up in front of people and I I teach. I talk. Uh, And... I love my voice and I get frustrated when when people think that it's when people associate masculinity with a deep voice because I'm also masculine. I can do a lot of masculine things. Yes, I'm also feminine and I can do a lot of feminine things as well. But I think that this association with a deep voice and being masculine or being tough, it's got to go. And it like it just frustrates me. You know, I um as a kid, I used to answer the phone. My, my dad owns his own pest control company, and I used to answer the phone as a kid, and they always used to think that I was a woman, right, answering the phone. And for the longest time, I was so upset with that because it's like, I'm not a woman, like, you know. And, and now I can look back and laugh at it, but then um, it was really frustrating, and I, it took me a while to get over that and to be really comfortable in a public setting speaking up and not caring what people think about my voice because it's no indication of who I am. What about you, Mark? One of the ones I thought of was the attitude of just not giving enough mm. is cool because that winds up being more detrimental than it does positive. If that's cool to just, you know, not care and you're just going to sit there and be a man and not really do anything, like if, if you need something, you're just not going to do it because you're too cool to do it. And I think that's kind of what where like the masculine side comes in. Yeah. Can you give an example? If, you know, somebody hurt your feelings and instead of being like, hey, man, that like, why'd you say that? That hurt. She's like, no, I'm a man. I'm not going to say anything. It didn't hurt me at all. And that one's just ridiculous. Thank you. What about you, Dan? For me personally, I was going to bring up the word butch. Mm. Um, because I think sometimes if you're labeled, if other guys label you as butch, then you're put in this like box that, oh, like I, you know, like I work in a warehouse. Okay, you're butch. Um, I I like sports. Okay, you're butch. But I also like clicking a fan oh. at the same time, or clacking, clacking, a clacking, fan is yeah, what clacking, it is. clacking, 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 yeah. Clack. Um, at the same time, like yes, I do things like that. So I think sometimes, per, me personally, don't like to be labeled as butch. I don't like it. Like it kind of, I cringe when people say that about certain things that they find out about me, but just, yeah, that would be the thing. And real quick, 
the voice thing, yeah, I don't like my voice. I think I sound gay. So I tend to steer away from words that Why make me that sound. Why is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing. I yeah. guess that's not a bad thing. Um, it's just I don't like the sound of it. And and then just what Mark because you kind of have a deep voice too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what Mark said, yeah, I'm totally like that. Yeah, I'm having an issue with a friend of mine, and a girlfriend of mine was like, well, why don't you just tell them? that they hurt your feelings. And I'm like, what? No, I cannot say that. Um, Mans don't say that. (laughs) Mans don't express (laughs) ourselves. Yeah. I'm like, so that's funny that you two brought that up because you don't uh, have to go and cry. (laughs) Just (laughs) say something. I mean, what are we going to do after hug? No, I'm just kidding. Make out maybe. No, Hey, that would be okay. You're missed opportunities. (laughs) What about you, Jacare? Okay. So I, I also want to touch on the voice thing. Uh, when I was younger as well, I would answer the phone and apparently I sounded like my mom and people would be like, oh, hey, Kim, girl, blah, blah. And they just start talking. I'm like, no, this isn't Kim. I'll go get her. And I put the phone down and I, I would have friends say like, oh, as soon as you open your mouth, you could tell that you're gay. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, excuse me? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> perfect example. Yeah. Um, but um <laughs> I think for me, it would it would be the labels, like mm. uh, especially when it comes to sexual preferences, top, bottom, verse. I feel like I I am attracted to whom I'm attracted to. I am I may want to experience one sexual way with them versus another. Like my friends ask me and I say, oh, well, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm more predominantly top. Yes. I, you know, have bottomed before they're like, oh no, you're, you're a bottom. You've bottomed multiple times. I'm like, okay, it's not my preference. I might meet someone. The connection goes a certain way. Okay. I may want a bottom for them. Other people. Okay. I may want a top. So I, I, I don't like those labels. It's, it's, it depends on the situation and the person and the moment. Yeah. I feel. I agree. No, I agree. Yeah. I think yeah. it's very, it's yes. very in the moment it's now. Totally yeah. I think it's very in the moment now that at least the, the younger generation, which is I think Gen Z, mm-hmm. you're Gen Z, but <laughs> Gen, Gen Z. Z are so <laughs> against labels, right? Like, um, and I think that's very empowering because I think for the rest of the world outside of our own community, labels are a way to have an understanding. Right. To be like, oh, I can box you because I get it. You're, you're gay. OK, I get it. This is all the gay thing. So you're in that box. Right. Um, so even as men, I'm sure it's harder to kind to, of to like to to understand or to to box in at times, because um, I think for men, our only box that exists is either, like you said, the word butch or a certain kind of voice. Or um, certain kind of expressions. Like I was talking to a friend yesterday at volleyball is that anger is the only way that we're taught to express our feelings as a man. And it's yeah. the only healthy way. Because if you express it in any other way, it's I, like, why are you crying? I, I was going to say why, that. Why are you crying? I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And when I was younger, I'd get that all the time. Like my stepdad or my mom or my grandmother, stop crying. Boys don't cry. And so I, you know, growing up, I would, I would start to do that. And one day, um, something happened and I just like started crying in front of friends and they were looking at me, they're like, oh my God, are you okay? But it felt great. Mm -hmm. And 
Yeah. So while we we were segueing to Jacare's point, and I want to hear from all of you, is like when has there been a time where you acted or experienced something outside of what is to be a man? And how was that how has that impacted you? So maybe the first time you cried, or maybe the first time you were effeminate in front of somebody. How how did that impact you? Like I can recognize my mom caught, actually my mom caught me once playing with her um eyelash curler and she slapped the shit out of me because she was like men don't use eye eye curlers eyelash curlers so don't be doing that shit and i remember being like wow until this day like i'm very much impacted because my mom has told me i don't want you to be a drag queen if you're a drag queen don't ever tell me i mean i played with makeup before i've done this during covid a couple of times but when has there been a time where you like actually acted like yourself and someone told you don't be that because men don't do that? Do you have another example, Jacare? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he's like the oh, list. Right, the list goes on and on. Where's <laughs> my notebook? Well, um, uh, for me specifically, I remember one moment when I was younger um, that I had put on one of my grandmother's wigs and I was singing and dancing to Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Love that song. And, you know, my voice, I was just singing at the top of my lungs. And my grandmother came in the room and she saw me. She was like, what are you doing, boy? She said, take off that wig. She was like, boys don't sing and dance like that. And my mom said, leave that boy alone. He's just enjoying himself, having a good time. And... After that, I just thought, okay, no, this was this was bad, this was wrong. And then, uh, growing up and coming out and you know seeing drag queens, I thought to myself, oh, I would, I would never do drag. Like after having that experience, but guess what? I did drag <laughs> last year <laughs> nice. and I killed it. Nice. And yes, I did perform to Whitney Houston. I want to <laughs> dance with somebody. Did you dedicate that to your grandma? <laughs> you know what? Actually, I I did cry because I totally thought about her and I wish that she could have seen that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. What about you, Mark? Um, mine's kind of sad too. The one that we actually start hugging really, each other here. <laughs> the one that really sticks out to me was I was seeing this girl, I think sophomore year of college. Um, and I had one puppy growing up. And if you know anybody who knows me knows I'm really good with dogs. And so I was attached to that dog like no other. And she wound up having seizures and stuff and then eventually passed away. And I was too far to get back home when it happened. They had to take her into the hospital without me. And having that girl that I was seeing come over and I literally chucked on a hoodie and put the hood up. And I was living in a fraternity house. And there were 30 people out there. And so I literally put the hood up, head down, walked out the door. She showed up and we sat on the stairs and I bawled my eyes out. And I've never done it like that in my life. And then did it in front of a girl. And that was probably not that it wasn't embarrassing. But as far as being manly, that was about the least manly I'd felt in my life. What was it about that that made you feel not manly? Like what? Um, like maybe I would, I've literally cried like three times in my life. Um, 
but doing it in front of somebody and actually letting somebody see that side of things was probably what made it less manly to me. What about you, Dan? Um, it's like Mark, it's a crying situation. So I, I you know, I, I grew up where boys don't cry. So kind of, I don't, there's been like a, not even a handful of times that I've cried, but, um, when I got divorced in 2017, I became like a crybaby. So it was, it was strange because I, I was dealing with the emo. There was just so many emotions going through me and, um, having to cry in front of somebody was probably even harder to deal with than the actual pain <laughs> that I was feeling. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that that's probably would stick out in my mind as the, the first time that I like just uh, bawled over something and and it was in front of a friend, another male friend, which I think that makes it even a little bit more difficult. I mean, not not to downplay my no, crying does. in front of his, it does. in front of a woman, but I, I I for me I I would feel a little bit I felt a little bit more insecure crying in front of a, a another male. I'm glad that he responded really well and because it. You know, so, but that was, what's a, you just put yourself at somebody else's mercy basically. Yeah. Right. And so that, that's, that was, I would say would be, um, the most that I felt not man. <laughs> what about you, Brian? So I just, um, uh, I thought about an experience when I, when I was very young, um, <laughs> I was, I wanted long hair so badly. I wanted to have like this beautiful long, like mermaid hair. And so I would wear a t-shirt on my head all the time like I would get up and I'd throw the t-shirt on my head and just have it on like all day every day I thought I was the most fabulous thing in the world uh and it you know it's interesting because at this moment in time I kind of just had a a realization that my parents it's like my parents wanted to approach it but didn't know how so my grandmother uh took me aside one day and we had this conversation and she made it very clear to me that boys don't wear boys don't have long hair like that and they don't wear shirts on shirts on their head. And she said it was time for me to be, to, to grow up. Right? It was time for me to grow up and to be more, more of a man and to, to not do that anymore. And so I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. She cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> just takes a big pair of scissors. <laughs> no, I mean, I just took it off my head. But <laughs> Let's see. I think I was five, but it's still, I still remember it. Yeah. I'm making my childhood to be out to be. No, yeah, your hair's really long now. Exactly. Really traumatic when it. I mean, I feel like it was not that bad. Yeah, you still kind of flip around like your your actual mermaid too. <laughs> uh, well, this would be a good part to segue to end part one. Um, part two, we're actually going to allow Katie to ask us men questions. So uh, this would be a good way to stop the. Bur- now thank you everyone for sharing your stories um now we're excited to transition into part two thank you everyone we've laughed we've cried we've given our advice we've given advice now go forth and live with pride. Yeah, live with pride. Yeah. Oh. Ow.